the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, one God, Amen. Congratulations on the blessed feast of Palm Sunday. Today we are celebrating the triumphal entry of our Lord Jesus Christ into Jerusalem. And our Lord had visited Jerusalem several times in, throughout His life. But the way the Lord entered today on the Feast of Palm Sunday was different. On this day, He entered Jerusalem as a king. As mentioned in the prophecy of Zechariah, Tell the daughter of Zion, Behold, your king is coming to you, lowly and sitting on a donkey, a colt, the foal of a donkey. And today our Lord also entered not only as a king, but He also entered as the Passover lamb. As the Passover lamb. And for 1500 years, 1500 years, the Jews, they were supposed to prepare for the Passover by picking a lamb four days prior to the feast. And so this day was the lamb selection day that the Lord chose to enter Jerusalem as the true lamb who takes away the sin of the world. And that's why the people, I'm amazed at these people, that they called out Hosanna or Osanna. How did they know this word? This word is was only used very few times in the Old Testament. But this word was used in Psalm like 118 to say, Save now, I pray, O Lord. Send now prosperity. Send prosperity, Lord. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. The people, they were shouting, Hosanna, because they recognized the Lord Jesus Christ as their Savior, as their King. They needed a Savior, they needed a King. And the question for us today is, which lamb will you pick for the feast? There are many lambs to choose from, but will you choose the true Lamb of God? Today, with the grace of God, I want to speak to you about our need for a Savior. Even the most blessed, St. Mary, her first words in the Magnificat, where she says, my soul magnifies the Lord and my spirit has rejoiced in God, my Savior. St. Mary even rejoiced in God, her Savior. And St. Paul, when he is writing to his disciple, St. Titus, Saint Ty- the epistle of St. Titus is only three chapters There's one expression that St. Paul keeps saying over and over and over and over again. He says it maybe six, seven times in that epistle. He says, God my Savior, God my Savior, Jesus my Savior. He uses it back to back. God my Savior, Jesus my Savior. Six times throughout the the epistle. I feel like when St. Paul, he was writing that epistle, he felt so in need of a Savior. He wanted to make sure that everyone realizes that they need a Savior. Everyone needs a Savior. And today, I want us to be like St. Paul, to be overcome by the feeling that we need a Savior. So when we cry out, Hosanna, we mean it. We mean it. Save us now. Save us. We need a Savior. St. Paul, he explains our need for a Savior in so many places. But one of the most beautiful passages is Ephesians chapter 2. And he tells the Ephesians, he says, And you he made alive who were dead in trespasses and sin. You were dead. Dead. 
in which you once walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit who, who now works in the sons of disobe disobedience. Make no mistake about it. When we do what the world does, when we watch what the world watches, what we listen, when we listen to what the world listens to, when we behave the way of the world, then we are walking according to the devil. We are walking according to the devil. And when we disobey the commandments of the Lord, it is as if we are under the command of someone else. Who else? We are under the command of Satan. That's scary. That's terrifying. That if Satan commands us, we listen. That's terrifying. And this is Satan's desire. Satan desires to rule over us. I remember at the last supper, when the Lord, he told St. Peter, Simon, Simon, Satan has indeed asked for you that he may sift you as wheat. And he, Satan is asking to destroy us. He wants to destroy our families. He wants to destroy my self-esteem. He wants to destroy my relationships. And he, Satan does, they are wrecking ball. He's a wrecking ball. And all he does is wherever he goes, he brings destruction. He enslaves us to passions. And that's why St. Paul, he continues, he says, Among whom we also once conducted ourselves in the lusts of the flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind. We were by nature children of wrath. We became children of wrath. But we are not children of wrath. Until you're not children of wrath. Into children of wrath. I want to be children of wrath. We are created in the image and likeness of God. We are children of God. We are sons of light. We are sons of a king. But when we do sin, we become like the devil. And that's why even like one of the most confession, like the things that's most common in our confessions... Oh, we lie, we do that, like, and we say lying like this is Hagabosita, like, we just say one lie, and oh, it's so easy, we lie, we lie, we lie. You know who lies? The devil. The devil. The lying, that is the, the, the pinnacle of, like, of becoming like Satan, because he is the father of lies. And we say lies, and we cheat, and we do, and we're not, uh, and we're dishonest. This is the culmination of evil. Today we have to proclaim we have another king. We have another king who saved us. And that's why we shout Hosanna. I want us to be like the children who are crying out today. I feel like that's why the gospel this morning was about Zacchaeus. And how he was a sinful man. But the Lord went to go save him from his sin. And he, at the end of the gospel it says, Today salvation has come to this house. Because he is a son of Abraham. He is not a children of wrath. No, he is not. He is a son of Abraham. For the son of man has come to seek which, and save that which was lost. 
And one of the consequences of being saved by this king, by this lamb, to being washed by this blood, is that salvation is joy. Salvation is... Salvation is joy. And we have to be joyful. We have to be joyful. Joy is a fruit of the Holy Spirit. It's not negotiable. The love, joy, peace, joy. Joy, men, the fruit of the Holy Spirit. If you have the Holy Spirit, you will be joyful. The problem is when we forget about what Christ has done for us. And we start thinking about all the things in the world. Yeah. No, we won't be joyful. No, we won't be joyful. We'll be very sad and very... Ishmana, this person said this to me. And about this, did this, and this. And ta- the devil takes away our joy. The secret to joy. The secret to happiness. Is to see that the love of the Lord that he has for us. How we were slaves of sin... We were in bondage. We were doing all of these things. But He saved us. So that should make you joyful. Who goes to, like, who is released from prison? Had you ever met anybody released from prison and they're crying and they say, Oh, and I want to go back to prison. And I want to go, and I had a, a terrible sickness, and I had a, like the worst oppression, and God healed me. I say, No, I wish I had my sickness again. Why? God has taken us out. He has saved us. So we should be joyful. And that's why, if we are not joyful today, the Lord said, if you don't cry out, the stones are going to cry out. Even the stones, they will be joyful. If you are not joyful, the stones will be joyful. The people were so happy. They were so ecstatic to see the king come, that they took off their clothes. They said, we don't need clothes. We don't need material things anymore. They put them on the ground for the Messiah to come and walk on them. Said, I don't need anything in this life. I just want the Messiah to come save me. This is the joy that we have when the king comes to us. That's why we're singing in the joyful tunes. And everybody's so excited and so happy. It's so wonderful to see. This is the joy that we should have, not just now, but we should have this because we are Christians. We have been redeemed. The second step is to follow the Savior. Palm Sunday is a procession. It's a procession. It is a journey. And it was a procession from the city to the the temple, the place of worship. It is not enough to just come say here in this church, come and say, Hosanna, Hosanna, and then go Jesus, and then to go home and do everything the way you know. No, main fash. doesn't work that way. We are on a spiritual journey with the Lord, and we need to go to the temple. We're going to the temple. And to go inside the temple means a couple of things. One, it means to worship God in spirit and truth. Some Jews, they were inside the temple. But even though they were inside the temple, what did the Lord do to them? Said, no, into, out. (laughs) You guys here? No, this isn't your place. He wants to take us into the temple, but the ones not worthy, he kicks them out of the temple. 
Because my house shall be called a house of prayer, but you have made it a den of thieves. I was reading in the book of Amos recently, and the book of the, the prophet Amos, he was preaching to the north of the kingdom of Israel, and one of the prophecies struck a chord with me. He said, this is what the sovereign Lord says. He says, people of Israel, smile at this prophecy, people of Israel, go to the holy place in Bethel and sin. Go to the holy place of Bethel and sin. If you must, go to Gilgal and sin with all your might. Sin with all your might. Go ahead. Keep bringing animals to be sacrificed morning after morning. Keep doing it. Bring your tithe every third day. Bring it and offer bread and thanksgiving to God. And brag about all the extra offerings that you bring. He says, this is the kind of thing that you love to do. This is the kind of thing you love to do. You love to come into the temple and say, Osana, Osana to the highest. But then after, you go and you sin with all your might. And you sin in the holy places. And you do everything with all your might. Ya Rabbi, inside the church, everyone's an angel. Outside the church, you're still an angel. Inshallah, should be still an angel. Inside they were offering sacrifice. Outside they were living normal lives. They were not only sinning, but sinning with all their might. One thing to sin in my weakness. Another thing to sin with all my might. And with all my effort and have no intention to change. This is, this is different. These are the ones... Imshul, get out. These are the ones that the Lord kicked out. These people now, I feel like even sometimes these days, we sin without shame. We lie without shame. We cuss at each other without shame. We post inappropriate pictures without shame. We don't fast without shame. We don't even try to fast. We just don't do it without shame. And then we come to the church and say, Hosanna, come save us. Main fast. It doesn't work. Prophet Amos, hey, well, no, it doesn't work like this. And that's why, and I was thinking about another man who led a, pro- a procession, St. John the Baptist. He led a procession, and his procession was about the correct form of worship, to worship in spirit and truth. And it's written in the, in, in the, in the gospel that when St. John the Baptist was baptizing, it says, all the region went out to him to be baptized. And they were all confessing their sins. And then guess who came to the Jordan? The Pharisees and the Sadducees. And they wanted to come be baptized. And do you know what St. John told them? He said, get out. What are you doing here? He said, you guys are brood of vipers. Brood of vipers. Who warned you to flee from the wrath to come? Where the Pharisees, and the interesting thing, the Pharisees and Sadducees were coming to be baptized. And many of the commentators say they were coming to be baptized. But they couldn't be baptized because they were not changing. They didn't want to change. They just want to come and jump in the water and get out. But that's not what we're here to do, is jump in water and come out. 
That's why St. John, he told them, bear fruits worthy of, bear fruits worthy of repentance. And when you read the commentary that St. John Chrysostom, he says on this, he says, by repentance, I mean not only to forsake the former evil deeds that I've done, not only do I forsake the former evil things that I have done, but show forth good deeds greater than those that you have done. He says, how shall you bring forth good deeds? He says, if we do the opposite things. For instance, مثلاً, if you have seized by violence the good of others, henceforth give away your own. Didn't we see that in the story of Zacchaeus today? It's not just good enough, oh, I send. No, Zacchaeus had to give it back. He says, have you been guilty of fornication for a long time? He says, abstain even from your wife from certain appointed days. Exercise continence. He says, have you insulted and stricken such as were passing by? He says, henceforth bless them that insult you and do good to them that smite you. He says, have you lived in in self-indulgence and have been drunken in time past? He says, fast and take care to drink water in order to destroy the mischief that has grown up within you. Have you beheld with unchaste eyes beauty that belong to another? Henceforth, do not look as much upon a woman at all that you may stand in more safety. For it is said, depart from evil and do good. And again, make your tongue to cease from evil and your lips that they may speak no guile. This is what it means to repent and bear fruits worthy of repentance. To change. All of us, we need to change. This is why the king came to take us into the holy place. To go inside. The temple means to have intimacy with God. To go into the temple is to be alone with God. To expose yourself before God. And then for God to reveal himself to you. That's why Palm Sunday, I think, is a great image of the liturgy. The liturgy is supposed to be intimacy with God. We are following the Lord into the temple. He is the bridegroom. This is the wedding feast. And it's time to go on the honeymoon. I hope today we see our need for the Savior. We don't just come and say, Osanna and go. No, we offer true repentance. And glory be to God forever. Amen. Who sits upon the chair?